This is the S Ra podcast, and we're, this is a boxing edition podcast. We're going to talk about, you know, we're just we're this whole weekend was supposed to be the Virgil Ortiz weekend, right? Virgil Ortiz versus McKinnison didn't end up happening, right? Virgil Ortiz uh, ends up becoming ill. Now, whether that was because he couldn't make the weight, and I'm not saying that he pulled up because he knew he wasn't going to make the weight, whether he got sick because of the things necessary to make the weight happen. That, you know, that's open for, you know, no one really knows. It's just all speculation at this point. But you can draw some, you know, clues that would lead to that conclusion, right? So, the card still moves forward without him. You get the co-main event, Rocha versus Cobbs. McKinnison gets a replacement of Martin. And, you know, everybody's kind of disappointed because Virgil Ortiz is, you know, a blossoming star. And, once again, Golden Boy... It's another situation where you know their main event pulls out of the fight, and you know it's kind of just a kind of a strange start to the the year for Golden Boys, especially because of like the Mangia controversy of you know that Charlo negotiations falling apart. But I was actually at this card, right? So this is going to be a little bit different of a podcast because I was actually there in person. I had a feel for the crowd, and it, it did well. Now I'm sure they gave some tickets away, or maybe it would have even done better if you know there weren't a lot of refunds. Because and credit to Golden Boy for offering refunds once uh, Virgil Ortiz pulled out of the fight, but I thought it was it was a good crowd um, as far as like capacity wise. It was a good amount of people there, um, and the people were excited. And they were excited for the Rocha fight versus Cobbs, and definitely heavy uh, more fans for heavily for Rocha than were for Cobbs. But I thought it was a pretty interesting fight. You know, let's get to it or the breakdown of it. I thought that um, the thing with Cobbs right is he he doesn't. He's not really like I would say like the um I don't really think he has like a like oh ever really has a solid game plan of what he's really looking to do in there or at least like looking to follow one. He's way more just a reactive fighter and he wants to just be the aggressor, right? He wants to be the power puncher in there. He wants to be the one pushing his opponent back. And which is interesting is because I'm sure that's kind of why they wanted the McKinnison fight, right? Or why he was willing to step in for the McKinnison fight, especially because McKinnison's ranked higher than both Roach, uh, ranked higher than both Roach and Cobbs. Is it because, well, although maybe McKinnison might be a higher level fighter than Rocha, or maybe you would think like, why would he want to fight a guy that he's going to have to chase? It's because at least he's going to be able to apply his game, right? Against Rocha, it's going to be, they're going to have to figure out who's going to be able to apply the going forward and the pressure in the fight. And that's what happened. And Cobbs, you've seen it like in the second round, because the first, and actually you probably see in the first round, because the first round he comes out aggressive and he's doing some good work. But once he feels Rocha's power, it, it, he looked like he didn't like it. And once he feels that, he starts moving around and he's no longer able to set his feet. And he's not the kind of fighter that can fight going backwards. He needs to be able to set his feet and be in position to sprint going forward and explode going forward. And once Rocha had him going backwards, he was in a lot of trouble. Now, I he did, you know, he would land here and there because Rocha's defense is not great and he kind of just kind of walks forward. But he was giving up way too much ground to ever really be the effective that he needed to win this fight. Now, I did think there was moments where he would land shots and you see Rocha's right eye uh, start swelling. That I thought, you know, there was a moment right before he gets dropped in the round he gets dropped in. I thought, like, if he's going to make his play right now, right? Rocha's tired a little bit. He's landing a little more cleaner. This is the moment where he's just going to have to come forward. Now, no matter what Rocha's offering, maybe you can take his will from him, right? That that you could take and convince him that he can't win this fight or convince him that the second half of this fight is going to be, you know, uphill battle. 
but he didn't do it. Like when at the point where I thought he could do it, he still started giving up the ground, and then Rocha just started coming forward. And I think that Rocha got that. He allowed Rocha to get the confidence and the second win, but like also the confidence. Like I, I, he's never gonna come to challenge the positioning where I'm at, and that just allows Rocha to be comfortable the whole fight, doing what he wants to do, even though he's getting hit. You know, it's a tough fight. He's still always in the rhythm of what he wants to do. Now I thought Rocha looked pretty damn good in this fight. Now could that be the Cobbs? Uh, you know, the level of Cobbs or whatever it was. You know, Rocha's only have one loss, Rashidi Alice, who's a you know, from from all accounts and you know, everyone in the boxing can kind of respects Rashidi Alice as like may might be able to be someone at one forty seven. Rocha's only losses to him, right? So it's not like, you know, he was a win some lose some type fight. I don't know, he has one loss. And in this fight I thought he looked pretty damn good. I thought he did, you know, he, uh, in this fight, like there was this fight, you know, was basically like who was going to win, who was going to win coming forward, right? Who's going to be able to hold their ground. Rocha did that. He, he was superior to cops in that manner. And he was superior to him in the fight. And he got the entertaining and effective and crowd pleasing stop stoppage to win this fight. Now, I, I didn't like the, I understand like Cobbs talks a lot and I understand that he really built up a lot of things this week because he was, you know, he didn't mention some fighters and saying like, don't buy into their hype because they never faced any competition. All these things. I understand. I understand at this point now, it's easy to really, you know, go at him for those statements made because he lost and he not only lost, but he got stopped. But it's funny that we ask these fighters to make a name for themselves, right? To get some attention, get some buzz. And Cobbs does that, right? He's, you could never blame him for trying, not trying to, you can never accuse him of not trying to make a name for himself or get buzz or get someone's attention. He does that. He has a bunch of gimmicks. He has a wrestling gimmick. He has, he talks a lot. He's not quiet. You know what I mean? He's not whispering or he's saying it with his chest. And yes, it didn't leave. He didn't have any success in this fight, right? He didn't have the success he needed to win this fight. So now everyone can just go and start, you know, dumping on him about, you know, everything he said, but if he didn't say that, would you even really care that he lost? Would he even be in this position if he wasn't there talking, right, to get your attention? And why, like, I'm so glad that someone shut him up or humbled him, and it's like, I understand that the point of someone talking, you're either going to love him or hate him, and the, the point is that you have a feeling is the point of him talking, it would makes him money, but the fact that you're like, oh, he should have never said something, or, you know, he needs to humble himself, that's stupid. It's like, well, you can't have it both ways. Do you want them to get attention? Or do you want them to be humble and quiet? Because in the sport of fighting, right, this isn't um, golf. This isn't baseball, which I think there needs to be more celebrating talking in baseball. But this isn't those kind of sports. This is a fight. This is none of this is going to be, you know, uh, the, the act of punching each other isn't the most classiest act in the world. Right. So we can't say, you know, I want my guy. It's like, wh- wh- which way do you want it? You know what I mean? Do you want the guys to talk? Do you want them to build the buzz? Because cops built the buzz to me. Like, this is main events ruin. This card's ruined. If cops is not on it, with everything he said, all the attention brought out, all the talking, all the wrestling game, all that is what kept the excitement in the card. We can't just, you know, I understand it whether you, you like him or you love him or hate him, you can want him to win or lose. But to say, like, you know, don't ever talk again, and that's why you guys shouldn't be talking, it's like, what the hell? That's the counterintuitive of what everybody else and what everyone on boxing Twitter usually says they want people to do. We don't have a lot of stars in this sport. And it's because we don't have a lot of characters in this sport. Or a lot of guys are 
not comfortable talking from a mic. And the cops was he put himself in a good position to where if he would have got this win, it would have generated some, quite some buzz. Now that he loses, it's like, oh, he's a bum and he should have never talked. Wait, no, he did everything he was supposed to do in the position. He just didn't have the results that, you know, would allow him to get to the next opportunity. But the fact that he got this opportunity and was almost putting himself in position to a really good fight was because he talked. Now, Roach will win, and he's not, he's not much of a talker, right? And I, I, all the talk is for Cobbs, even after the fight. And not the most for Rocha. Not, no one's really ever talk, talking right now about, like, who's the Rocha going to fight next? And the buzz is built up. It's still not there. So don't tell me that they don't talk. No, you, I want everyone talking. Whether you have something positive, negative, get out there in front of a mic and talk. On the co-main event, we had McKinson versus Martin. And McKinson's in a tough spot here. Now, McKinson is a guy that's going to look to box. And Martin was a late replacement. And he was not a McKinson's skill. And McKinson, when you're not his skill, it can lead to a very boring fight. Because he's very defensively aware. He's very slick. And he's looking to hit you and not get hit. And he doesn't have a lot of power. So it it's not going to lead to the most exciting fight. And this wasn't the most exciting fight. So I'm gonna admit that this was not an exciting fight this was as far as like for the fans this wasn't a lot of entertainment value now i enjoyed the things he did like as far as the craft of it but i understand that you know there's guys that like people uh you know there's you go on youtube there's find a lot of like little uh niche things like there's guys that like watching people create bread right they'll watch it for hours guys will like watching fishing and how they tie the bait and you know put the string in the in i don't know i don't know enough fishing terms to even go down that alley but there's people that like those certain things right and that's not gonna for a mass audience no right there, there needs to be a little more entertainment to it for my kids it's like you're really enjoying the craft but there's not a lot of like oh wow like you know if i'm not enjoying the craft is there anything else for me to see here there wasn't. There wasn't in this fight. So he, he got booed like pretty bad there at the fight that I was at. And, you know, no one was enjoying it on Twitter. And it wasn't like it built a lot of buzz for a Virgil Ortiz fight when he is healthy, right? But he did what he had to do. He had to do, he, he won the fight. That's what he's supposed to do. And he won it comfortably. And the way I was explaining it to, uh, you know, my brother when I was watching the fight with him, my cousins, was, you know, Watching a guy walk a tightrope isn't that entertaining unless it's as high as a skyscraper. And with McKinnison, McKinson is it's not gonna be entertaining to watch him do what he does unless it's it's a high level uh, fighter or a fighter that we consider a, a, a quality, you know, a, a threat to knocking him out or putting him to sleep or beating him. Because if he's doing that same performance he did to Martin to Virgil Ortiz, it turns into very entertaining. It turns into must-watch TV. So he just needs to be matched against guys that people feel like it would be shocking if he was doing what he did in this fight. But him doing it against guys you expect him to do it to, unless you are like a, a big McKinson fan, is not going to generate you know positive reviews of his performance. That's not his fault, but... That's just the way it breaks, right? You got to remember boxing is the entertainment business. There is a business side of it. There is entertainment side of it. And it's not just a sport. On the other uh, fight before that, you had uh, Beck the Bully come back against uh, Zagara. And Beck looked completely, you know, uh, still very, very cautious from 
getting caught from a big shot because Gabriel's all put him to sleep last time. But when he did finally let go and lands a big body shot, the fight was over. So he showed that he, you know, still has the power, still can explode into shots, and maybe he got all the cobweb, you know, got removed all the cobwebs of that knockout, and maybe he can move past, you know, being so tentative because the first round they didn't throw a punch, but it was got the knockout. It was, you know, the high, one of the highlights of the night. So. It was in the, moving in the positive direction. On another card, I, I'm going to go back to this card because there's one thing I'm going to say at the end of this podcast that we'll come back to. But also uh, on Saturday night, you had Berlanga versus Rose. Now, I haven't completely solved this fight. I can't give a f- complete breakdown of it. Um, from everything I'm seeing, though, it's kind of went how I expected it was Berlanga winning, but not looking impressive. And this is not surprising to me. And I think this might not be too surprising to a lot of folks. I was surprised that the amount of people that I did see were like, oh, Berlanga still top prospects. All these. I thought we were past this, but I guess not, right? But I think people needed to be refreshed on, you know, first of all, what he looked like his last fight. Um, Like a guy very limited on what he could do, a guy with a, you know, very minimal, minimal gas tank, just not a highly skilled, not very dynamic at all. And the early knockouts of like, the lower level fighters, which while being a good gimmick, I don't think is that um, new or like to me, I was just like, yeah, if you put a lot of guys against a bunch of cans, they're going to get a lot of knockouts. Like Chavez Jr. was knocking out a bunch of tomato cans on pay-per-views for like a long time. I think that that's a gimmick that could be repeated. Like if you put enough, you know, like look at Jake Paul, just knocks out a bunch of guys, MMA fighters. You could do that. You can knock out a bunch of tomato cans. If that generates buzz, like a different Berlanga, that can be repeated, right? But I know, though, from what I'm seeing and what I saw, especially the last fight, that this guy is not a high-level fighter. And he has a lot to work on his game. And it, it probably won't come if I was a betting man. But it seemed like there were still some people surprised by that. Definitely don't expect um, there to be much of a hype train for Berlinga going forward in a performance against Steve, uh, Steve Rose. Now, what I was going to talk about on the Road Trip Comps uh, card, because I was there, it, it was something that, you know, just not that I'm just like stunned to see, right? But maybe I'm just more aware of it now. And you know, it's disappointing. I'm about to say it right now. Is the, you know, the racial slurs being yelled out in the crowd. Um, there is a racism problem in boxing. It's, it's in the stands. Uh, I think uh, is where the problem really is. And some of the things being said, it, it kind of, I was like, you know, it's very strange to me. Very disappointing. Um, kind of reminded me like, you know, when they talked about like baseball players, right? When like when they, uh, Mix the leagues, right? And they let black players in, and like the racial slurs being said. I mean, I'm be honest with you. I was like, the, some of the stuff I was hearing, I couldn't believe. Like, I really couldn't, and I was, I was really disappointed. And I don't know what they, you know, I don't know what what the, the sport can do to really, you know, get that out of the sport, right? As far as like, and maybe this isn't the only sport that has this, but this is the one that I pay attention to the most, right? And this is the one that I go to the most. 
but I just know that whatever that is and where that's coming from, I don't want anything to do with it. And this is why a lot of times I, I, I differ a lot from like boxing fans on a lot of places, but, and I'm not saying that I see a lot of guys that are racist, like on box Twitter. No, I don't see that at all. I think, but a lot of guys on box Twitter are, are, are very smart and maybe they are, um, the minority as far as the, how people think about the sport, but just to base it all on, like, I like this guy because he looks like me. It's a very stupid way to me of looking at the sport nowadays. I just, I can't, I can't do it. Okay. I'm going to judge it on a number of things of what, what I find entertaining or who I want to watch. And the color skin is nowhere near, uh, is nowhere in that selection anymore. Now I'm sure when I, when I grew up, I did like, I like De La Hoya, right? Like De La Hoya was from LA. He was Mexican. It made sense. Like any, he, you know, I, I'm not, uh, I'm generations removed from Mexico. Like I, I'm, I've always lived in California. I've always lived in LA. So I related to that. So I related to it and, you know, I understand like, we know, look at you have a world cup and that's based on like your country. And a lot of times there's countries where it's only one, mostly only one race. Now America isn't like that, right? We have multiple races. So my whole life I've always cheered for other races. Cause if you're watching basketball, football, you know, like you're, you're showing for a lot of black athletes, right? You're showing for white athletes, not a lot of Mexican athletes in those, in those sports. I'm going to be honest, you know, baseball. Yeah. But not basketball or football. Um, so we always, I had boxing, we, we would cheer uh, Messi, but I had, you know, my favorite fighter of all time is Bernard Hawkins. So now at this point in my life, like I just don't race is not a huge thing on deciding, Oh, who I'm going to cheer for root for, but it's not that way in these, these crowds. And I understand that these promoters use that to sell these fights, but we also kind of get away from that too. You know what I mean? We've got to get away from that because that leads to other things and leading to hate from the crowd. And I, I just didn't like it. I think it needs to be said. And I, I'm sure that, you know, there's a lot of people going to these box fights. I'm sure they're not unfamiliar to this, but I, ju- I just don't think maybe it's being talked about enough. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to say it right now. I, I was, I was all d- disgusted from the things I've seen. Some of the actions just by the fans in general, it, sh- it, it just was really to me, like it just needs, it needs, to, we need to um, put a stop to a need change. I don't know how you do it, but you know, hopefully we can, open up discussion or, you know, just change the way people think about these things. Cause it, it, to me, it was, it was sad to see. It was, I was really disappointed to see it. And maybe I just was more aware of it now than ever. Cause it's always been there, but maybe I just chose not to look past it anymore. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the as raw podcast.